0: Thank you for joining us for another insightful episode of Creatives Chat. After Show Convo. Featuring Don Spiegelberg. Join us as we chat about who knows what and why it matters. Our show shall begin now. Streaming from Retro Earth Studio. And brought to you by... WeAreHistorically.com Conscious Brand Apparel and
1: Learn to play jazz piano like a pro by a pro with Jazz Piano Pro Essentials at JazzPianoPro.com
2: Everybody, meet Don. Mm -hmm. Well, what is alignment to you in the sense of self-mastery, especially in that, like, perspective of nature?
1: Ah, uh, many alignments so for me um, there is an optimal physical alignment and mm. you know the what's happening now because everybody's on zoom and their head is forward and their shoulders right there's the hunch yeah you got it that is not optimal alignment what's amazing about that alignment is that rather than energy coming through our seventh chakra we we end up with our head forward and energy comes through, the top of our uh, thoracic spine and that's mm. not where it's designed to come in. Mm. And so what does that mean? Right. Then that's weight on our shoulders. We feel responsible. Uh, things are too heavy. We, we feel burdened and that's, that's not designed. So, so uh. I take alignment very seriously. And I look at physical alignment because physical alignment tells me what's happening with someone spiritually. 100%. 100%.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very true. You know, and it's the sense of, you know, closing off the shoulders. Yeah. It's, you know, it's that aspect of having confidence and loving yourself and radiating yep. that shine. and
1: Confidence you know, right here. Confidence is right here on the front of the shoulders. Yeah.
2: And there's no vulnerability when you I mean, I see it as when you have no shame, but it's one of those things when you're just really embraced in the now and having fun and really just radiating that love. It's like there's nothing to suppress you. There's yeah. nothing to hold you back. Yeah. And it's very fascinating just how everything in this world that we're in. You know, I had a new client starting up last week or the other weekend. It was um the concept of everything in this in his life was always forward. Yeah. Or, you know, from typing to driving to riding the bike and everything mm-hmm. was just closing off the shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then it cascaded into so many different problems. And there was this moment of being uncomfortable when the posture was realigned, you know, and the yeah. head wanted that the chin and head wanted to drop. But it was just like, no, no, no. Yes. And the question came up is um, after hearing, well, this feels weird. I was like, well, what yes. about it feels weird? Mm hmm. And it was so much more of a an emotional kind of mind thing than it was really a physical thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't super uncomfortable, you know, it was just more so, I don't know, it just feels like I'm out there. And it was just like it was such a weird loose statement that I was just like, let's look into that. What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So the mental map that we keep of ourselves, where we are in space, is something inside our brain. And when we change that mental map. It changes our perception of us, who we are, how we present ourselves in space. And um, it it directly affects our ability to continue the path of self-mastery or be stalled on that path.
2: Mm. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah. And and again, everything is connected. Mm -hmm. There's not one aspect of life that supersedes the other. Mm-hmm. but it's all built on a foundation of love that's the yes. one thing that you know just lie in the grass ground yourself and what you were saying earlier because you know we, we had some Lord of the Rings drops in the previous episode so watch those if you haven't but it was the I really want to express it because it was so beautiful stated in the sense of when we we're talking in the green room about it but it was just Gandalf falling yeah so why don't you expand upon that for the listeners a little bit
1: the Gandalf falling yeah Hmm, so uh, there's a scene in Lord of the Rings where Gandalf is on the bridge and uh, somehow the Balrog is awakened and then the Balrog starts to fall, but then his whip grabs Gandalf's ankle and Gandalf realizes that's the end. And so he tells everyone, uh, the rest of the company to run, (laughs) don't stand around watching run and he falls. And in the falling, Mm. uh, when life is tough, when something happens and my personal experience to this is, I'm in my car and either there's ice or snow or rain, and I no longer have control and the car is going, where it's going, no amount of turning the steering wheel or hitting the brake is going to change the trajectory I'm on Mm. in that moment of being propelled or falling. Am I able to let go of expectation? Can I relax and accept the fact that this is happening? And I see Mm. in the world where so many diseases are prevalent Mm. and I believe disease starts here in the environment and it gets turned on by the environment, right? This environment influences this environment, which in turn creates this environment. Mm. And I see people releasing or letting go at a moment when it's, it's beyond, beyond uh, what they believe is possible. Mm-hmm. So in an example of a knee where someone gets the news from their doctor, oh, it's bone on bone, we should replace it, right? In that moment, there is a falling. Mm. And it takes a lot to get a joint to the point that it's bone on bone, right? If you think about it, there's bone, and then there's cartilage, right? And then there's supposed to be some space in there with synovial fluid. And if they've been rubbing, right? constantly if you rub your own palms together what do you feel first heat doctors call that inflammation it's
2: heat (laughs) right
1: so uh, joints aren't designed to wear out so here i am and it's getting hotter and it's getting hotter and now it starts to hurt and if i don't stop rubbing what's going to happen i rub my skin off and then i rub the tendons off and then i rub the muscles and then i then i'm down to bone on bone and that's where people are finding themselves They Mm. are rubbing their joints so much, and they're not willing at the first sign of a discomfort, at the first sign that something's not right, they're not willing to release and let go and seek help and to Mm. find out the source of the inflammation. They will live with that inflammation until (laughs) the doctor says you got to get it replaced.
2: That's so true. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, Sacrifice and at the expense of everything else in the body, because then the imbalances arise. And I mean, it's a cascading issue when there's one group that's out in terms of the bodily alignment and then everything is just that, that ripple effect. So,
1: yes, yes. Mm. And so I want to encourage everyone. You don't have to wait until it's bone on bone. You can get help sooner. You can, be willing to make a change see what happens people are resistant to change they're the wall right and and all it takes is a slight change and then your joints can be whole healthy and complete if we were designed to wear out which a lot of people say oh you know i'm in my 50s or my 60s and yeah my knee's going to wear out my doctor said just call me when you're ready for the surgery if we were designed to wear out, we would have worn out by the time we were 10 years old. Cause everybody's seen kids jump and jump and run and jump and bounce. And right. We would have already worn out if we were designed to.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, even then like the cellular process for death doesn't really fully kick in until like 80. And even then you can prolong that as long. I mean, again, it just comes back to that point of perception is everything because it's that mind, it's that mind over matter component. Cause even in the placebo effect, why some people will literally, you know, manifest their own ailment yes. or their own cure. Yeah, Like that's the thing that most people forget with the placebo effect is where it works both ways. You know, mm-hmm. if you're constantly focusing on being sick, Oh, I'm sick, feeling sad and, you know, pitiful for yourself, your body's going to accept that frequency yes. that you're emitting from itself. It's radiating that, Oh, I'm sick. I'm, wounded, yes. I'm hurt. But if you just go, I mean, I'll put it this way. So one of the things that I do, if, and I have to really try to think about this because I haven't been sick in literally like years. It's been at least maybe like five years since I've been like, oh, sick. Mm. But the moment it happens, I just go, well, I'm not sick. This isn't happening. And then if I feel like it would, was really bad, I'd be like, body, get rid of this mm. and demand it from the vessel. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the ethereal aspect of, you know, the body is fluid where it's you can, you can will it to be whatever you seek. And that's the true potential of this human experience is that we do transcend and, and are the living example of mind over matter.
1: Yeah. So, Peter, I'd love for you to speak about that a little more and share <laughs> with everyone, okay, the difference between what you just described, which is body, get rid of this, or I'm not sick, and dealing with the reality. These are the facts. You're sick. You've got a sore throat. You're sneezy and sniffly.
2: <laughs> well, I think it comes back to that comp- um, that concept of I'm going to treat my body as a temple.
0: Mm. You know, so
2: just as much as I'm going to give those affirmations and, you know, chant my mantras of I'm not sick, I'm not sick, like I'm, you know, sitting in, you know, a little monastery, I'm also not going to go around and, you know, throw manure everywhere. I'm going to be like, okay, so my body is at this point of vulnerability let's fuel it with what it needs. Let's Mm. have some fruit. Let's, let's just eat a salad. You know, let's, let's flush it with a lot of fresh water. Let's, you know, let's pray to the water. You know, there's so many different aspects of, you know, even just being in the sun, let's make sure that I have enough, you know, skin light exposure to the UV rays, or if I'm taking a vitamin D supplement, it's that moment of not resisting the resistance of being like, Oh, my body's trying to tell me something that means Mm -hmm. it needs something. You know, so just as much as I'm like, hey, you know, I'm see like the horse and the rider, you know, although I am the rider on the horse, I'm still well aware that the horse needs water.
1: Mm. I'm still well
2: aware that the horse needs food. So in that sense, it's just taking care of it. You know, I have some feedback and I know my immune system is having some reaction to fighting something, which is why I observe it. So what am I going to do? Let's give it some extra juice to fuel, to fight and fuel up. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I love the way you mentioned that and described what you're doing to help your body so you're not neglecting.
2: Yeah, no, it's addressing it. Yes. 100%. Well, it's the same thing. Don't resist the resistance. I'm not meeting with a yeah. wall being like, no, 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 no. It's okay. Well, how can I use this to really take flight? And then from there, it'd be like, oh, sore throat for a day, nothing tomorrow or nothing the next day. And it's like waking Mm -hmm. up being like, oh, both nostrils. Oh, I'm so grateful to breathe through both nostrils.
1: Yes, yes. Mm
2: -hmm. It's funny, you know, but this aspect, I really do like, and I want to bring it full circle in the sense of the seed, you know, because I found that it was such a beautiful point of we never know what life is going to provide us down the line we Mm -hmm. never know what we're going to fully become but the only way we do know for certain what we are and continue to develop that is by embracing growth you know Mm -hmm. giving ourselves the opportunity to grow and that's what you know i like self-mastery in nature so many lessons
1: So many. So the trees grow. All of nature is about more growth. The water flows. Mm. It still rains. And the water is willing to be evaporated. Mm. What kind of a transition is that? Evaporation? And then it's willing to be collected again and then to fall and crash to the earth. Who's willing to do that? And then it gets absorbed into the ground. We don't see it anymore. And then it flows and it collects again and flows into the river. That is an amazing transformation. Water is the epitome of self-mastery right there. It Mm. can be frozen and it doesn't complain. It doesn't question it. It just does.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: It's a beautiful thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, that's where I like to just always point everyone towards. And I've always found that nature has always been my greatest teacher of just Mm -hmm. the subtleties that it reveals and, you know, just the different applicable lessons that you can apply to it. You know, simply focusing on increasing concentration or stillness by just listening to the wind, Mm. you know, listening to the song of the trees, swaying in the breeze. And that water one takes it to a whole nother level. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a naturopathic uh no, homeopathic friend uh, doctor, friend of mine recently was talking with me about attention. And he concluded, and I had heard this before, he concluded that attention and and focusing on something is actually loving it. When you mm. give your attention to something, you are loving that object, whatever it is. Yeah. And so our little uh, phrase, where your attention goes, energy flows, feeling grows, and the heart knows, you can see if you're giving your attention to your phone, (laughs) you're loving this. And if you're on this and your son comes over and asks you a question... Can you stop this to look them in the eye, to answer their question? So what are we teaching youngsters anymore? Because our attention is constantly on other things.
2: Mm. As if human worthlessness and sense of, you know, self-worthlessness isn't already intense as it is. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I recommend people pay attention, pay attention to where they're, putting their focus.
2: Yeah. See what happens. Oh yeah. Well, it validates and even adds even more weight. Cause I've loosely been saying it for years now, uh, the, where's your affection of attention going? Oh yeah. And that, that alone, I mean, I love alliteration, but it's the sense that like the, it really is the, that in which we find satisfaction and enjoyment from, you know, that's all life is. And, I find that that's the path of self mastery is when you fall in love with your own growth and development and you fall in love with learning again. You know, it it completely changes what a lot of people have the misconception of what educational learning is. You know, and hopefully, you know, we'll live in a day and manifest it, really just rebuild it of what the education system can be.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, from
2: memorization to really learning what your heart tells you to. It's mm-hmm. really following your passions because the one thing that is going to be the saving grace so those twenty five percent of seeds can survive is curiosity, oh, and yeah. that's learning. You know that's a ch- that's a childhood thing though. You know that just it gets washed out of us or squeezed or forced or everyone think about it, it gets removed from us forcibly. But when we keep that childlike curiosity for everything and especially ourselves, life opens up on so many different avenues. It truly, is you know curiosity is. And we're even taught like weird sayings like curiosity killed the cat, or it's just like no, like curiosity is what makes us who we are. Yeah. Mm. That's so funny.
1: That is really I'm I'm curious, Peter. (laughs) What kinds of self-mastery paths are you on? Share. What are you cooking Um, up in there?
2: (laughs) Currently it's awakening into more of my powers and i'm going to leave that somewhat open for the for the listener's imagination but um, one thing that i could easily say is fully aligning with the higher self and manifestation Um, i think there's been some well i don't think i know there's been some powerful happenings lately that life will always validate the questions that i've been seeking out internally where a different opportunity will happen um even in my own practice I've been convening with you know my ancestors, my guardians, my teachers, my you know the angels, however you like to see it or state you know their existence. But um, I think one of the biggest ways, and I've mentioned it a few times loosely on the show, but you asked the question, so we can open it up a little bit more. Um, hey. I've been doing a lot of dream work. Um, Ooh, you know, like in my nighttime meditation, I'll really just tap into the the self, and you know, for those. That have been on the show or listening to the show for a while, know that I do Qigong. You know, I practice my own energy work and kind of have my own little nighttime routine of really gazing into a flame, you know, gazing into a candle and allowing everything just to flow effortlessly and just kind of, I don't want to say manipulate the fire, but to really flow like the fire effortlessly burns. And as I conclude that night, it's always kind of setting an intention of something I want to continue to learn or experience that I didn't get a chance to in the waking state. And it's been very, I say like wild, like as I say, I don't say that loosely or lightly where it's, it's been absolutely wild, the dreams in which I've received and just how nail on the head applicable they are to things that I want to learn. And mm-hmm. lately, this past week and a half, or two weeks now, I've been requesting things that may not, I may not be aware of. And it was so fascinating. Like I had this dream last night where, I mean, there's multiple segments of the dream, but the one that really stood out to me that was just so different compared to normal was there was this giant wave and myself and others were on it. And it was to the point where we're at the The crest and the peak of the wave where any lean forward you're falling like hundreds thousands of feet down and there was previous experiences of something similar to this where it would be a panic would come up and the falling would begin and then it would be the moment I hit the ground it's like I wake up and I'm out of breath and my heart's racing and this time it was just like, okay, well just let's ride the wave then. And it was just like being on the ocean where it's, you know, a big wave comes and you're in a boat and it just you just go over it and just come back down and then it just mellows out. And that happened in the dream. And once I kind of, you know, sailed on it into shore, I you know, I remember like landing on the sand and kind of walking and scared and be like, that was fun. And then I woke up. And like wow. I just woke up with such like excitement, but incredibly relaxed and was just like, huh. So Yeah, in terms of really revealing things to yourself, there's so much work that we can do in dream. And when we ask for assistance from, you know, the the spirit side, the spiritual realm, whatever it is you want to think about it, you know, you don't even need to think about it in the sense of, you know, the afterlife or anything. It's just the fact that the universe is numerous dimensions, you know, Mm. compressed into, it's all living in the same sphere. It's all just varying a different frequency and vibration. And again, people that think this is woo, look this up. We know this, you know, like physicists have figured this out, that we know there's at least 11, (laughs) you know, like that's something that like, it just goes under the radar of human existence. But that's a profound statement of just that validates so many different religions and philosophies that have been teaching this information for generations, you know, generations. And so I tapped in with my higher self. And for those that don't know, your higher self is essentially your your pure spirit, your pure soul that is so infinite and eternal you operate on multiple different planes at once you just aren't aware of it so i've been tapping into that energy you know the christ energy within each being that we all have the potential of and that really just means you know in terms of christ energy it has nothing to do with jesus it's the sense of oneness it's the sense of you know your ability of of transformation your union with life and all that is it's this concept of ever growing and raising your vibration so Yeah, it's been fun. Like the dream stuff has been really, really interesting because there's been things that, again, like I've thought that I might have processed fully, but there was just a little remnants of it still there. So Mm. my dream would be in this ridiculous dreamscape scenario, but it would always be focusing on that lesson and Mm. how I've met each challenges. And I don't, I've I've mentioned this previously to some people, but like the, uh, I'm not lucid to the sense where I'm manipulating the dream.
0: Mm, But I'm lucid mm -hmm.
2: enough to be aware of this is an outlander situation. (laughs) Clearly, clearly I'm dreaming, um, but still participating in it and whatever it's presenting me. And it's I almost think of it kind of like a video game quest where it's something would happen. I would respond in a way that either revealed something that was still caught up or i overcame something but mm. regardless the the moment upon waking is always just this refreshing lesson and feeling of liberation like i would feel lighter every time so every every day has just been more of this ethereal dance where it's just like oh wow i really let go of something wow i don't i don't like that i'm not going to do that anymore you know so it's just been this you know, and that's the thing about growth is you never know what you need to grow from, but when you embrace the journey of like, all right, whatever you want to send me, universe, I'm ready, let's go. I I commit to this and dedicate myself to this process of letting go of everything. And wow. it's been really fun. It's it's been definitely an interesting dance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was reading an author, I don't recall who the author is, but he was convinced that we're all called to be Christ. We're all called to yeah. Live in such a way that we attain affinity with God or yeah. Spirit, our higher self, and and walk the walk, walk the path in that state.
2: Hundred yeah. percent, and you that's, just described it. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the funny thing about the the human condition is that we naturally, because of that childhood learning that you were mentioning earlier, where it's like, you know, from zero to seven, we're soaking up all this stuff. We're looking to the people to learn how to be a person that we forget that we're each unique aspects of the one,
0: Mm -hmm. you
2: know, there is, there is only one Don, there's only one Peter, you know, there's, and that's the misconception that a lot of people have, you know, having role models and someone to aspire to is always necessary in in a sense where it's like, okay, well, they're doing it. They're doing what I want to do. But how are you applying it to yourself? Mm-hmm. How are you really trying to bring out your unique gift? Because, you know, there's, the way I look at it is, you know, every every being, every set of eyes is but a window of the same awareness that's flowing through everything. Oh. And we have to fully recognize, well, what is our window? What's, what is our gift to this universe of experience? Because we only learn through self-expression, mm-hmm. you know? So we have to fully express ourselves. But that's the kind of the the paradoxical problem is that we have to eliminate everything we're not first. So it's that squeezing out of the sponge, letting it dry out a little bit and then being like, oh, that's that's what we really look like. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I can still paint with this. You know, I can still do whatever with this. And that's when I find people get into the sense of being able to play again, you know, is when you really allow yourself to embrace who you are and the pureness of it addressing, fully committing to the, to the search, fully humbling yourself each day, knowing that like, you don't know everything. You're still learning, Um, you know, be grateful for all grace in which you receive. And, oh, life becomes so dope. I just like, oh, I can't, I, it's so hard to express into words how fun this experience is. But I don't think People recognize that the only way you can get to this point is by really I I mean I say it lightly, but I I fully mean it. Let go of everything.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Hold on nothing. And life will fill up your cup and it'll overflow with, you know. (laughs) But
1: there's a preacher in California who who talks about what you're describing, and he says, mm -hmm. Life is so amazing. He says it just like that. Amazing. When when you live in this way, when you live in the Fibonacci flow, when you're living your purpose and allowing the energy to grow you. And that's what Mm. I hear you saying.
2: You're (laughs) willing
1: to let the energy flow through you. And that's how you're attaining Mm self-mastery.
2: Yeah. And the biggest point, too, is always recognizing you're never there. Like the concept of people making it or being like, I'm an awakened one, you know, is such is <laughs> such BS. It's such like a it's a spiritual cul-de-sac. And ultimately I, I see it stemming from spiritual material or what I call spiritual materialism, mm. where it's you're conceptualizing, you know, you're thinking that awakening and self-mastery is this concept where it's like, oh, I I did it, I achieved it, and oh, there's nothing else for me now. It's like, no, like we when you really tap in. You understand that we're infinite. Yes. <laughs> like and that, that can be overwhelming if you don't embrace it and have fun with it. Yeah. Because there's, again, like we're eternal beings. We've been doing this for a long time, but you know, our memory has gotten forcibly wiped, but it's also willingly wiped because you can't really embrace the lessons you need to learn. You can't really explore this life freely until you learn to value what we are.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what I found this, you know, that same hero's journey aspect of, you know, we're all going through a hero's journey where we, whether we like it or not. Or we've always been on it. And it's sad when I see people getting caught up with their purpose. Cause I see a lot of people, especially my age, getting caught up with their purpose, you know, with how forced they're, you know, they're shut into this, you know, educational journey where it's you, oh, I'm gonna get my master's, I'm gonna get my PhD, I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna get this, and then I'm gonna do this as my career, and then I'm gonna do this. And, you know, I have a lot of friends in my own life that still don't have meaning with any of it Mm -hmm. because ultimately they never, they never ask themselves the most important question as I see it, which is who am I? Yes. You know, so that's where I've been very fortunate and graced, you know, despite having a lot of chaos and wild stuff go on, um, that that's the question that I really dedicated myself to, because through that, everything else has flowed. It's like a waterfall, you know, the purpose is downstream, but you know, the icebergs melting it is that who, who am I? That's what's making the reservoir lake that's flowing down to the rest of the valley.
0: Beautiful.
1: (laughs) So you've definitely been able to quiet your mind and people who are saying, Oh, I'm here. I'm woke and I'm, I've made it. That's this talking, right? That's, (laughs) that's, that's not the cycle of, living by heart and and hearing the knowing that's supposed to inform here that's here is driving the bus it's got the steering wheel
2: yeah 100% yeah. 100% yeah cuz the heart i mean ask anybody have you ever loved too much right that's just like a physical thing you can think of you know have you ever had a love so much that it like it literally killed you no your heart can shine, you can be cheesing ear to ear, you love, you may love so much to the point where your cheeks hurt from smiling, where, you know what I mean, but like, I mean, you as a mother, especially like the love for a child, you know, the love for, you know, the love for the family, the, there's nothing that can actually cap love, mm-hmm. that's why it's more accurate to understand ourselves as love itself, mm-hmm. as it is the closest thing we can get in this physical realm of knowing limitlessness of knowing infinity. Mm -hmm. It's that unconditional love, you know, but that's why we're here really.
1: (laughs) I I really see the lessons of unconditional love as a parent. Mm. Um, And I, I express I experienced it as a child, feeling it from my parents. But when it comes around to being a parent, and expressing it, it's a whole nother ball game. But now I see why the Bible's constantly calling God the Father.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I, I see why they they talk about this unconditional love, love that knows no end, because mm. it's something that can be experienced in our own humanity. Mm. And it's this cycle of being born, living, having family and dying, that mm-hmm. is yet another aspect of nature that informs us and our and our divine purpose, our divine path.
2: 100 percent then there's nothing more humbling than questioning our mortality. Oh yeah, you know, n- knowing that the temporary is all there really is change is inevitable and the world's not going to stop spinning, you know, where it's, mm-hmm. it's just being grateful. And I find that that's always one thing that people, you know, cause in my youth I went through a stint of suicidal, you know, tendency and ideation I was actually mm. going to do it. And if it wasn't for the love of my dog, mm. I would have, I wouldn't be here today. Mm. Um, and when I questioned that and, He jumped up on my lap out of a deep sleep. You know, it was like the moment I was about to get up off the couch and go, like, pop the pills and, you know, chug the handle I had was, it was just such like, wow, I was so selfish. Where it's just like, I didn't even think about like, despite not knowing that anything else, you know, and in that childlike mindset of just like the victim of every, no one loves me, no one this, no one this, that dog did. And I was like, rest in peace, Strider. You know, that was one of my teachers where it was just like, he taught me that that is love, you know, that he was going to love me no matter what, no matter all the other people and craziness that was going on in my life, my own stupid choices. Um, It brought me to that point where it really made me question. I was just like, wow, like I'd be leaving him, you know, and he clearly wants me here. And it was just such like a (laughs) like moment where I was just like, well, no more of that nonsense because then it made me question everything else. Like, okay, well, he was going to miss me. Who else would? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This is really selfish of me. Wow. And then it was just a really humbling experience. Just kind of hung out with him for a little bit. But it was the, uh, it's the sense of, that's one of the things that I always kind of question within my own beingness, where I'm just like, and it doesn't need to be for sad stuff either. You know, it's always, it's for anything. It's like, if, if there's anger, if there's frustration, if there's fear, if like, especially for fear, I always question like, would I be okay going out knowing I didn't do this? Mm. Would I be okay going out in like carrying on with this burden or this pain or not expressing myself, whatever it is? No. <laughs> so it's like life presents us all these different lessons and, you know, like a similar experience of, you know, nature providing that lesson yeah like death, death's constant you know and if we don't learn from it what are we doing what are we doing
1: yeah, yeah. thank We're you some... so much for sharing that
2: story i, oh, yeah,
1: I don't yeah. i don't think people talk about that enough
2: well right? i've come to understand it's so common but it's again you know oh well, that's bad it's a it's a facet of life yeah you know? I, mm-hmm. I don't personally i only find that people get to that point because their gears are really, really turning. Ultimately, you know, it's not saying that everyone has to No one that's suicidal or has gone through a suicidal moment in their, or phase in their life. They don't get it, but it's one of those things that it's you get there because you're really questioning things. Yeah. You're just not perceiving it in a loving light. Yes. That's the only difference. And that's the switch and the hangup that we could really help people get away from that path of actually following through with it. Because for me, like, you know, the reason why I was going to choose alcohol and pills was because I'm a wimp. There's no way I could cut myself or shoot myself. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, let me just take a nap. Like, I'll do that. But, you know, it takes so much courage to actually commit yourself to that act. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why it's so sad for me, especially in the. I heard from a friend, you know, his brothers are growing up. They're like almost 10 years younger than us. They're growing up in the same school system that we both went through. And, their suicide rate in middle school and early high school is just outrageous. Oh, you know, like dozens per year. And for me, it's just like how many courageous souls we lost that had a lot of potential to really transform. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you have the courage to do that, mm-hmm. you no, know, like you have the strength to do things that you're not even aware of. Right. And that's the sadness that I see when we don't value a path of self mastery, when we don't value people of being their unique self. And, you know, I do see things changing, but I think the only way we can really change the environment in society is really having like open discussions about this stuff and the lessons that we've learned. You know, it's it's incredibly powerful stuff like there is I always see examples of this all the time. They're really popular on the Internet where it's like a man was going to commit suicide. And someone saved him. And then years down the line, that same person that got saved um, ended up saving the person that saved them, you know, mm. or like some random things like that, or people mm-hmm. who go under these amazing acts of selflessness, like staying with an infant for like 48 hours, helping them breathe, you know, with a little pump, um, getting saved by that same person who was a buster at a restaurant, giving him the Heimlich. Like, There's so many different connections like that with life that, you know, we really do see things get snubbed out because they choose, you know, to sacrifice themselves for, you know, ultimately illusory things, Mm -hmm. getting caught up in the dread and sadness of the world rather than recognizing your unique light that's meant to change it. And, you know, one of the biggest points I really want people to take from this is that the brightest lights always go to the darkest corners. Mm. That's just how it goes. You know, and that's one of the reasons why we signed up for it, but it's, we have to be able to handle the challenges that we chose to partake in this world. And if we don't, you know, it's not only yourself that's missing out, it's everyone else. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm super happy I'm here. I've saved multiple people. Like it's been, it's been cool. Um, But it's also one of those things that I never forget. And I have so much sympathy for people that deal with, you know, mental health issues and depression and all these concepts, but Mm -hmm. I hope to be a living example where it's like, you know, again, you you talked about the, you know, the, the marriage aspect of like looking and seeing the valley and the mountains and all the things going on where it's like, yeah, I, I'm very grateful for the mistakes and things I've done in my youth because they led me to this point of realization, you know, and I was great. I was fortunate and, you know, graced enough with my own unique curiosity to not get caught sinking and to always keep fighting and you know
0: Mm.
2: I'm just again I'm just grateful that you know life sent me my dog because he was the one being who was there for me in my moment of vulnerability where I could have made a huge mistake but you know I've seen the impacts that I've had on multiple people and continue to make and it's just I wouldn't give it up for anything you know despite all the adversity and things like that and you know, the, the path of self-mastery isn't really like a loving, a one that's going to be met with love and hugs and kisses like all the time. Yeah. But when you get to a point where, you know, you're, you finally let go of enough of the pain and transformed it in your power, there's nothing that can stop you. And you're just that, what is it? The albatross that just like flies for like three days, four days straight, like a week or two weeks straight. Yes. Yeah. You just coast and life just becomes this beautiful dance where you can just play and, have fun and really it's like you're living like a kid again except you pay bills and <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah all the benefits of the Fibonacci frequency
2: yeah and you're an adult so you can experience more of the world you're not confined to people like holding you on their shoulders or you yes. know like yeah yeah it's it's a beautiful journey and there's a lot more people waking up nowadays so I'm excited hmm super excited about that
1: Self-mastery is key.
2: Unless you want to enjoy the roller coaster of personhood. I mean, there, are some, people, there are some people who love that. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'd say the, the path of the, the quickest path to fun is self-mastery. Let it and, go.
1: Yeah, every, everyone is, is on the path of their choice. Yeah. So they're getting to self mastery in the way they see fit.
2: That's a huge lesson I've had to learn. <laughs> Free will is a thing. You can't, you can't help someone if they don't want to be helped. Yeah. That's a tough one to handle for those on the path of self mastery. I will say that.
1: Yeah, and that's the moment we're called to compassion. That's the moment mm. we when being filled with love so much so that it flows out into other people that's what makes it bearable because we see we see through the eyes of god we see clearly mm. without assigning meaning you know the the buddha talked about being able to see the karmic existence of other individuals man yeah. that's a mind blower right <laughs> and when asked about so and so who was I forgotten which one of his disciples was killed murderously horribly or something and the mm. buddha said that was his karma playing out like oh just cleanse your in. karma
2: quick right now <laughs> it's ooh so that right there is a powerful one because i found that that again this is you know experientially this is nothing against any religions or anything but yeah. because of the influence of man there has been a lot of things that have gotten misconstrued as I see it. And one of the biggest ones about that is judgment, karma, you know, your, your own hell or heaven. I find that, I mean, even just for me, even seeing God as either sex, you know, I I know some people that call it the father. I know some people that refer to the mother, but in truth, it's the union. We're all created in the image. Mm -hmm. You know, this is why I like to just, I use source, I find it's the easiest thing that just like speaks to my heart. Um, but everyone's always free to choose anything they want. But in this sense, the the unification of source, the knowing of source is unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know any unconditional love that judges you. I don't know any unconditional love that punishes you for making a mistake. I don't, you know what I mean? Exactly. I don't know any type of uh, unconditional love that's going to, you know, hold you in this Pedestal or throw you in a dungeon.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: that's one of the things why, you know, I heard this powerful statement ages ago, and it was someone who had had, you know, after like a near, like a, not a near death, a death experience, who literally died, you know, had their own talks with those on the other side, came back, has had other, you know, ET conversations with celestial beings. And it was this concept of, oh, yeah, we don't get judged by anyone. You know, when we when we go, we judge ourselves, hundred oh. percent. You know, hundred percent judge ourselves, and it's just like, oh,
1: oh. Do you it's... know why? I figured it out.
0: Oh yeah, I'm curious. Can I tell you why? Yeah.
1: So so when we're dying, okay,
0: mm-hmm.
1: our our brain begins to die, and what happens when neurons die? They fire one last time. Mm. So as you die. As your brain is firing off these neurons, you yourself are seeing again your life. Those memories that are held yeah. in there,
0: yeah.
1: the, they're, those cells are dying. So you're seeing flashes of all these cells dying, which are the memories. And, and so your internal dialogue about your own life is what determines how it's judged it's you judging yourself because your brain is dying
2: yeah and it's that and it's funny when you think about it too in the sense of the energetic you know because you know matter cannot be destroyed it's just transformed it's that energetic release Mm -hmm. the the neuron that's containing all that information gets boom everything essentially gets uploaded to the cloud so to speak make a modern day reference But but it's that aspect of uh and i bring it back to love where it's when we do kind of judge ourselves, it's that sense of, A, how you see things are supposed to be your perception plays a huge role from the understanding and things that I've looked into this in terms of what your end game is beyond the white light. Yeah. And it's the statement of when did you withhold love? And when did you give it? hmm. And that's one of the biggest keys that's going to be a factor in, like, you know, the lessons that we have to learn coming back around is, like, when did we withhold love from ourselves? Mm -hmm. When did we withhold love from others? When did we simply not give enough love to ourselves or others? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, again, it comes back to that component. No matter how you want to look at it from that spectrum, it's just, it's all about love. And to me, that's resonated so deeply. So deeply, that I had to do a few searches into it and taps into, you know, like try to get a few downloads on it. And the one thing that is always echoed through in every type of introspection looking into that is all we are is love. And it's the love of whatever we seek to kind of point our loving light of consciousness towards
0: Mm. that we're
2: going to receive. And there's no greater direction than pointing it inwards. Mm Because then it just expands even greater. And it's to always keep it pointing inwards. And that's how one can stay grounded in all of this process. Because I feel that's one thing I got caught up in my youth as well is ascension without grounding. You know, it's just floating up in space. You know, disconnected from things versus pointing it inwards, which naturally just points, you know, everything coming back up, down, Mm -hmm. down, back up. And it's, yeah, it's all love. It sounds so cheesy. It really does sound so cheesy, but it's there's so many different manifestations and expressions of love that I've learned, you know, not always again, not always hugs and kisses lessons, but yeah. Love is key to everything and that to me is the Christ energy. That to me is, you know, it because again it's just living love fully manifested if that makes sense.
1: Yes, the Beatles were right. All you need <laughs> is love. <laughs> And if, if at your final stage, when you're dying, and your brain is firing off all of those lifelong lifetime of memories, you perceive it all with only love. Mm. How beautiful is that?
2: Probably pretty cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That's why neutrality is so important. I think neutrality Uh, is important. Don't assign meaning to things. Mm. Just hold everything in the the image of love. Hold everything reflecting love.
2: Yeah, I see that. And that's one of the issues that I've had with, because I learned it from the kind of vedic approach of like indifference is a word that's always frequently used in the Vedic yeah and i i never really i i got it it made the most sense to me until Mm -hmm. i really discovered what real love is and then for me it was just like just love like i don't know i think that's one of my mantras now where it's just like i am love you know I, i use that pretty frequently because love is applicable to any situation you can have fierce love where it's like you know you need to be that lion like for like for the example of the mother where it's you have to be that lioness to protect your cub you know you you know there is the selfless love where you have to let people be there's the open love where you just have to hold space Mm -hmm. you know you don't need to do anything there's the assertive love where you need to take action you know there's the 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 fully self-loving and sometimes you need to let go You know, and that there's so many, again, like one could ponder on love and write like a multiple series of books and just each one, each expression of love could be its own novel. Mm -hmm. But when we think about the light spectrum, I think that's probably the easiest way to express it is love is the white light.
1: The white light.
2: Yeah. And And then everything else just can be prismed or, you know, blow off into that. Mm-hmm. It's just light in general, yeah, I mean, we are in a matrix of light, right? So we it are. makes sense that it is love. I mean that's how at least I see it.:
1: <sighs> You know, uh, you're reminding me that um, my at the time of my father's death, which was about eight years ago, there was nothing I was taught in my religious upbringing, um, which was a, a, a Protestant religion. And then I studied Buddhism later, there was nothing in either of those religions that was uh, information that I could use to guide my father in the death process. Mm. I I don't know if any religion has that. I don't know if any book guides people in preparing for their death in the moment when your spirit relinquishes the body, right? Mm -hmm. When you let go. And our conversation about the neurons firing and uh, being full of love as you view your life passing before your eyes, which it would, that would be the image, right? Your life passing before your eyes. And that's a curriculum we should develop.
2: Yeah, that's super powerful. That's incredibly powerful. How to prepare
1: people for death. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That understanding of you know letting go and making amends and accepting. I mean, the way I can almost the words that really echo to me, even just you saying it, were is acceptance. Mm -hmm. You know, fully embracing the now, Mm -hmm. fully loving every aspect of your experience. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah, that's a very interesting. I like that. That's a great uh, idea,
1: (laughs) right? And I it makes me think of Christ, whether or not whether or not he existed and he was what he claimed to be or what everyone else claimed him to be. Right. It's interesting. He never said, I'm the son of God. He always referred to himself as the son of man. Isn't that fascinating? Anyway, he, he died. And then there was a period of time. There was that three day period of time. And I didn't realize this until this past Easter when I was rereading the story. Like, I've heard the story. I've read the story. I didn't recognize this. At the moment when two women were going to the tomb, what happened? There was an earthquake, and there was an angel, and the angel rolled the stone. And what did the angel say? He's not here. So my conception, my little kid brain all these years thought that the angel rolled the stone and he walked out because that's, that's what I understood was possible. That's not what happened.
2: Mm. He
1: wasn't there.
2: No. He
1: wasn't in the tomb.
2: Yeah. They just opened it to show him.
1: Yes, 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 yes. So he was gone. So if I, if we go back to our concept of our, of him dying and his life, passing before him, then what happened? Then he somehow filled himself with so much love that he reanimated his own physical form. Now, if you recall, there are hmm. moments when he, he presents himself to his disciples, to, to the
0: yeah. apostles,
1: and they don't recognize him. And how does he convince them that he's the Christ? He shows them the holes. And then they say, then they recognize him. Yeah. So he reanimates, I'm going to use the word reanimate, because that's the best word I can think of. He reanimates the body that was destroyed. How did he do that?
2: Because love transcends all. And yes. that's, that's the beautiful aspect of that. Hmm. Mm. And we, we
1: started our conversation by talking about the atoms. Yeah. What's, in, what's more of the atom than the particles? The energy.
2: Yeah, 100%. So hmm. there it is. Your own will and love. I would, say it, I would say it has to be your will and love because the love has to be directed.
1: Yes, where attention goes... Yeah. Energy <laughs> grows, feelings grow, and the heart knows. Facts.
2: That's great. There
1: is there is a verse that says what Christ did in those three days. Do you mm-hmm. know it?
2: Mm-mm. I mean, I probably.
1: I think it's First Peter. Probably got three. memory hold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, first Peter three. So you'll remember that because your name is. Yeah. Oh yeah. It says that during that three days. Christ went to the spirits
0: Mm.
1: from Noah's day. And it says something about from the time of Noah, while God was waiting. Mm. So Noah took, I think, 120 years to build the ark. And the whole time he was preaching and the Mm. people did not turn. The people did not repent. They were just like, rain, boat, what are you talking about? And they all died. And when Christ died, he somehow was given access to that spirit world, and he was preaching to those spirits who died at the time of Noah.
0: Hmm.
1: What is that about?
0: Hmm. What about all the spirits
1: from Noah to now? Or when Christ was alive, right? Like, what mm. is what's significant about that point in time? Hmm. And where are those spirits?
2: Mm. I mean, that's when you can get into deep woo because that's almost like the uh, there was that. I mean, we know now that the Great Cataclysm actually did arise. We we know this. You know, you can look at all the different core samples. You can look at the past, and you know. The graphs of the sun and how everything happened, but I could easily see that being what a lot of us are here for now, is avoiding a second type of cataclysm,
0: mm. you know,
2: in terms of the Atlantean age ending and this one beginning, mm-hmm. where, you know, we were so much more spiritually tapped in back in the day of, you know, these ancient sites getting built, you know, from Gobekli Tempe to all the different areas in South America to Egypt, you know, that, they had they had consciousness understanding, they had spiritual understanding, but they lacked, you know, the kind of development of love where it turned into something chaotic and destructive. Mm-hmm. You know, so it could easily be that same aspect of, you know, like the three gunas you have dullness, passion, and and goodness. I could easily see that culture being caught up in goodness of self-righteousness and you yes. know spiritual materialism where it's just and there's nothing more terrifying than those that think they know everything because they're not willing to learn anything, you know? And so I see that, that being the path of destruction that is cataclysmic, you know, in and of itself for our own development in life. So maybe, I don't know. That's an interesting take. What's your theories on that? Why that group?
1: Uh, I don't know yet. I, I'm, I'm just one. looking into it now. That's wild. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just putting my feelers out. I'm trying to understand Um, You know, what does it mean in the spirit world? What's that word spirit? You know, is it the word pneuma that it appears in other places Mm. in the New Testament? So, but it's Mm. fascinating to me. Christ died. And what did he do? He went and preached to spirits.
2: Yeah. Tried to guide them back to source.
1: Exactly. Which means they had been disconnected for a long time.
2: Yeah, which adds even more weight to the self-righteousness aspect, because that would be the uh, separation from your own divinity.
1: Yes. Hmm. There it is.
2: Oh, Dawn, thank you so much for joining us again with the After Show. Any last parting words for the listeners?
1: I don't know. <laughs> we touched on it all. I so, love it. Right? Um You were so generous in sharing your experience and Mm. people lose hope. Mm. They lose sight of the vision and it's important. I believe it's important for them to understand that there is a purpose in their life and ending it shortens it prevents them from realizing their full purpose. Yeah. 100%. And connection, look for help, seek connection, reach out because we're all valuable and we're all contributing to the best and highest good moving forward. And mm. and we need everyone on board. We want everyone on board.
2: Yeah, you you take a gift away from the world when you choose to walk out on it. Yes. And each of us is a unique, beautiful gift. And there's only one of us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you walk out on this one, just know that you're going to come back and you're going to have to do it again. So just work on this one.
2: I love it. I love it. it <laughs> that. I just want to say thank you listeners for tapping in. Roll the outro.
0: That concludes this episode of Creatives Chat. Thank you for watching. Join us every Thursday at 3:33 p.m. Pacific Daily Time as creative minds get together and chat about who knows what. View more episodes on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks again to our sponsors for making this show possible. Thank you, We Are Historically, for your conscious human apparel. Shop online at wearehistorically.com.
1: Hi, I'm Darius Wilridge. I'll teach you everything you need to know about playing jazz piano like a pro with my 12-week online video course and downloadable guidebook, Jazz Piano Pro Essentials. Enroll today at jazzpianopro.com.
0: Thank you for joining us. Have a happy always.